0: Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. So, uh, last week, my, my mother was in town, and over Shabbat dinner, she said, you know, Ethan, we should talk about something. I said, you know, what?" And she said, well, I've heard, and I don't remember now if I shared this from the BIMA here, or if it was a class that was online, but she heard me talk about something that I remember clearly in my youth, which I remember my family calling uh, Kentucky Fried Shabbat. This was a Shabbat dinner which consisted of uh, buckets of chicken from a certain uh, restaurant uh, eaten in the basement while we got to watch a movie. And my mother said, I really wish that you wouldn't talk about that, from the Bima, so sorry again, Mom. <laughs> but she, she said she didn't remember it that way. She thought that we had a Shabbat dinner and then we watched a movie. I said, I don't remember it, but uh, either way, we, it led to this discussion because now that I'm a parent of some of the small children you've seen run around here, my wife and I think about what we want our Shabbat to look like for our family. What parts of the positive commandments, all the things that we should do that you come to show or this or that prayer is taught to feel a cookie minion? By the way, cookie minion, always the right answer. And also what parts of the negative commandments of Shabbat do we want to enforce in our home? And when our three-year-old wants to draw, do we say, no, uh, Shabbat, not yet. How, when, is there an age limit? It leads to this discussion. Because Shabbat is a holiday of great meaning and a great, great, great many laws. The rabbis in the Mishnah note that there are precious few laws that actually come from the Torah about Shabbat. It's known in the Mishnah as a mountain hanging by a thread. Because there is a mountain of laws that the rabbis have come up with that dangle by the thread. Of a few biblical verses. There's an old joke that God says to Moses, Don't boil a calf in its mother's milk. And Moses says, Ah, so we should have separate dishes for milk and for meat. And God says, Don't boil a calf in his mother's milk. And Moses says, No, no, I understand, I understand. So we'll have fourth and fourth and fifth sets of dishes for Pasach and for Parv, and we'll wait five hours after meat, but only one hour after milk. And God says, don't boil a calf in its mother's milk. And Moshe says, no, no, I understand. I've got it. We'll have a Hexer system. It'll be international. It'll be wonder. And God says, fine, do it your way. (laughs) This could easily have been spoken about Shabbat because of all of the laws that we derive. And the rabbis derive most of these laws from the juxtaposition in this morning's Parsha of the building of the Mishkan, and Shabbat. Because we've been getting for a few weeks, and we'll be getting for weeks to come, a description of what it meant to build the Mishkan, this traveling temple, this tabernacle that the people built in the desert and then would schlep with them wherever they went. And in the middle of all of this building, we get a brief moment where God tells us about Shabbat. And then we go back to the building of the Mishkan. So ah, the rabbis say it must mean that all of the labors that went into building the Mishkan are the things that we have to cease from on Shabbat. And so that's where we get all the different things about spinning and wool and building. and all. It all comes from the Mishkan. And I want to posit that in addition to deriving laws from the juxtaposition of the Mishkan to Shabbat, I think we can derive purpose and meaning as well. Because the Mishkan was meant to bring people together. The Mishkan was meant to be a place for God to live on earth and for human beings to feel God's presence. And Shabbat needs to and can be those things as well. Shabbat becomes, in Heschel's words, this palace in time, this Mishkan, which brings all of us together. Shabbat is a time where we, if we can, cut out everything else, are able to feel God's presence among us. And the genius of the rabbis, of course, after the destruction of the temple, is that they make it portable. Because to make it a place of space and the mishkan and the temple means once the temple is destroyed, oh, we can't feel it anymore. So Shabbat adapts and Shabbat becomes this thing which we use again and again to feel God's presence and to bring people together. And I wonder if it's time for Shabbat to adapt yet again, or if not to adapt to at least put itself back up at the top of our priority list of what Shabbat can be for us. Because Shabbat is what uh, Peter Berger calls a plausibility structure. I'll explain for just a second, and then, Marshall Lisek, you're up. Hold on. Just wait. Just wait. Uh, hi, Rabbi. It's nice to see you. So Peter Berger talks about, in religion and sociology, something called a plausibility structure. That is, that we create a world where the religious values that we hold dear, which might seem implausible or impossible in the real world, become imminently plausible, something that people can do. I say to you, I want you to study more Torah. And you say, how can I study Torah? I have so much going on in school. There's so much going on in work. Oy vezmir, I can't study Torah at all. So we create a plausibility structure here in synagogue where we cut out the rest of it. Or we go to a school that makes that a possibility so we know that it's possible if we, if we go to a school where we carve that out of the schedule to learn Torah. Day schools, that's why Rabbi Lisek, I was calling you out. Day schools, camps. And synagogues, these are how we create the plausibility structures where we see the values that we would filter out into the rest of the world give free reign to live and grow here. So what are the values that we see when we step into a synagogue? Community, being together, knowing each other's names. I lost my name tag, but I promise I'm getting another one. Prayer. Prayer and speaking things to God that we can't say anywhere else. Engaging with an ancient tradition, which might not be as relevant or prevalent to us as we're sitting in traffic on Lancaster. That's what I spend most of my week doing, but sitting in traffic, but when we're here, when we're here, it goes away, and we can think deep thoughts, and we can feel our deep feelings, and we can reach out to God. We have values of being together, we have values of engaging with our history, and we make that possible on Shabbat. Now, for me, in my life, there's new values that are coming to the fore. Being with my family, turning screens off. As screens infiltrate more and more of my life, oy, do I need Shabbos, where they all go away. Everyone in this room is going to have a different value or thing that they need. As a community, we've created much of it for you. And as individuals, it's up to us to try to think about what are the values that we want to live in our lives that we don't get a chance to do during the workday week, that we want to take a second and think about. Shabbat is called by the rabbis, Me'en Olam haba. it's a piece of heaven. It's, it's a little bit of what heaven could be. And I have to say, As I look around at everyone here, as I think about the delicious food we're about to go eat, as I think about the prayers that we've been singing, I get it. It feels a little bit like what heaven might be. A rabbi's heaven, at least. So for everyone here, what is your olam haba? What is your heaven look like? And how can we make it just a little bit more once a week? Just a little bit more. What can we bring in? Who can we connect with? How can we live our lives so that this little bit can then filter into the rest? Because that's also what we get from the Mishkan. The rabbis in the Midrash say that the Mishkan, the plans for the Mishkan, were shown to Moshe Rabbeinu in fire, blazing in the sky. And it was there for a second, and then it blinked out. And Moses had to know from that fire, he had to then describe to Bezalel how to build the Mishkan. And in this, Bezalel's name is not an accident, Bezalel, in the shadow of God. Because the Mishkan was built by looking at plans that are in fire and then building it in shadow. Building it in the real world. And Shabbat is our blazing fire moment. Shabbat, if we're doing it right, can be a moment where we see blazing in the sky and fire that which we would live the rest of our lives as, knowing that it's the shadow of the rest of the week in which the practical has to be built. We have to hold on to that Shabbat. And we have to live the Shabbat in the way that we want it to be, whatever those plans are, however, we can bring people together, however, we can reach out to something larger than ourselves, however, we can bring a little bit of holiness and in God into our lives, because that is what will filter and that is what will govern the way we live the rest of the week. Shabbat Shalom.